0: Come on, somebody. Right. You hear that music start. I don't know. It just does something inside of me. You got your popcorn. You got your Coke. Welcome to At The Movies 2020. Everybody, you're excited about this. This is my favorite month of the year. I love At The Movies. So exciting. If you're a guest with us today, you came to the right place. All right. If you just happened down the road and you walked in, you came to the right place this Sunday morning. We're going to have a lot of fun over the next few weeks. We call it At The Movies. Take the next five Sundays and we just pull biblical truths out of modern movies. It's like a modern day parable. Uh, You'll see what we do. All right. You'll get a feel for it today. I hope you got your popcorn and your drinks uh, there. We put the popcorn on the seats for most of you, I think. And so we're working on that. We're going to have that uh, have that fixed up next week as well. But can we go ahead and just give just a round of appreciation and applause to those working out in the foyer, (laughs) how hard they work? Man. They have been working so hard this morning to make sure everything is perfect for you guys. I'm so proud of them. And then I also want to say a special thank you to all those who came and helped build the foyer. You guys like that? The props out there. Just an incredible... And then I want to say thank you for the wonderful weather that we've been having. And so that just... You can, you can thank me if you want to. But we're going to... No, it's just been an incredible, incredible week. I love at the movies. Nothing can get me down during at the movies. Nothing can stress me out. Nothing can ruin my mood. Even the worst display of football I have ever seen in my entire life. Nothing can ruin my mood. That was October, baby. We're in November. It's at the movies now. I saw a tweet last night that said, Bo Pelini, more like get off my teamy." Come on, somebody. And that spoke... That spoke to me deeply. Like, I don't normally give in to the gimmicks that are like, you know, pay for this buyout, but I got 20 bucks for any buyout that comes that way. And if you're with me, we'll have a collection after the service. All right. But nothing can get me down during at the movies and the kids have their own movie uh, experience going on as well upstairs. But we're going to have a fantastic time in here. Just an awesome, awesome time for our church. I'm excited about it. But before we get to the movie today, I had some movie facts that I wrote down, some trivia that I thought I would share with you that I thought was kind of funny. So we're going to start it off that way before I tell you what the movie for today is. First one, everybody knows Boo from Monsters, Inc. Let's go ahead and throw Boo up there. Everybody knows Cute View. We have a Monsters, Inc. set out there this time. But Boo, if you might not know this, was voiced by Mary Gibbs, a toddler at the time, and the production crew couldn't get her to sit still to voice her lines. How many parents know that's just the rule of eternity There's no way. So instead of forcing her or trying to come up with whatever, what they did is they built a play set in the production studio and they let her play and they followed her around with mics and they got all the audio that they needed for the movie. So I thought that was interesting. I don't don't care. I thought it was interesting. All right. Next one up. Here we go. Who knows what these are? Come on, where are my Star Wars fans at? Who knows what these are? Someone, some Ewoks. There we go. These are Ewoks. These were not in the original script, all right? George Lucas brought the script, and one of the producers told him, we won't produce your movie unless you give us a lovable character that we can make toys out of and sell to all the unsuspecting kids and adults. And so he came up with this lovable, bloodthirsty, carnivorous race of cute little bears, all right, everybody, the Ewoks. Consequently, this is the first time I ever cried at a movie was in theaters when the Ewoks died, and everybody made fun of me, and I don't like to talk about it, all right, everybody, so... (laughs) We're going to move on there. Last one, last one. Who knows what movie this is from? Matrix. There we go. All right, people. Who knows? Do you know what this is? So, this is not computer code. This is not an algorithm. It's supposed to be something complicated in the movie, but it's not. This is actually what you're looking at, everybody, is the recipe for sushi. Come on, somebody. <laughs> One of the production assistants found a sushi cookbook. They took pictures of the symbols. They made it green, and that's where we get this. So it's not complicated. It just makes you a little bit hungry. So next Sunday, we'll have sushi on all the seats prepared for (laughs) Don't hold me to that, all right? But today, everybody, today's movie, as we start off at the movies, today's movie, it is Star Wars Sunday. Come on, somebody. (laughs) If you've been around me at all this week, you know I've been bouncing between about 200 different movies. I've been watching movies more than I ever wanted to do in my lifetime. But I figured if you can't decide, you go to the best. Come on, you go to the best series, best. And so where are my Star Wars people at? Anybody? All right, all 10 of you? No, there's, there's more. All right, good. All the people. We're going we're gonna to have a fun time today with Star Wars. I don't want to ruin your life. But unlike next week's movie, I just have to tell you, Star Wars is not based on a true story. All right, everybody? I know. I know. It's a mind-blowing. It's not based on a true story, but they are still really, really good stories. And they echo a lot of biblical truths that we know and hold. And so in this Star Wars, we're going to do The Force Awakens. And we follow the story of Rey. And if you've never seen Star Wars, hang with me. I'm going to walk you through the story, all right? I don't know where you've been hiding all these years. But I'm going to walk you through the story as well. But we follow this girl named Ray, And she's alone. She's been left by her family. She's trying to wait for them to come back. But she's alone, deserted on a desert planet. And she thinks that she can't do anything of significance. She's been left all alone. She's trying to survive. She's going day to day. She can't, she can't think above just survival and what she's doing. But all of a sudden, someone or something rolls up into her life, into Ray's life. And when she thought she could have no significance, it transforms her life. All right, welcome back. <laughs> so BB-8 rolls up on the scene and he's not just any droid, right? Deal with me here a little bit today. We actually find out that he's sent to Ray or he's supposed to meet with her to draw her out of whatever it is she's living in to bring her to significance, bring her to her destiny, do all those things. But she can't see it at the moment and she can't see it because of a lie that she's believed, a lie that I think a lot of us believe in our lives. And it's the greatest lie that I've seen happen to people. It's the greatest lie I've seen happen to people when God comes to them to draw them into something more to draw them into something greater and here's the lie that we tell ourselves and maybe you found yourself caught in this or living like you believe this and that is what i have experienced is all i will ever experience that what i've I, what i've experienced in my life everything that i've come through it's all i'll ever come through and you hear that you see it everywhere stories in the bible You see in the story of Abraham, 100 years old, and Sarah, 90 years old, where God comes to them and says, I'm going to give you a child. And they laugh at God and they say, there's no way this can happen because what I've always experienced is what I will always experience. Everything that I've already come through is all that I'll ever have. And you see this in people where God comes and he wants to move them into something greater. He wants to bring them into something better for their life, push them out into it. But the devil comes and lies to you and says, no, 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 it's always been that way. It will always be that way. And listen to me, church. I've come to talk to some people who feel stuck in what they've always experienced. And they won't hear the voice of God when he's trying to bring you into something greater. Listen to me. This is a lie. To lie that what you have always experienced is what you always will experience. God can do something greater just because it's always been broken. Just because your marriage has always been broken. Just because you might have always been broken. Just because, just because you've always been stuck or stuck in that addiction. Just because those things have been what it's always been doesn't mean that's how it needs to be. To lie of the enemy to keep you stuck. And I want you to know that no matter what it is, when God comes on the scene. I don't care what it is. When God steps onto the scene. When God comes into your life and tries to draw you out, I don't care what that past thing was. He can do something new in your life. Jot it down if you're taking notes today. What God wants for you is greater than what was. What God wants for you, and I know it was a big deal. I know we focus on what was, but what God wants for you is greater than that. And I love this scene. I hope you got it. Where she brings the joy to the market and he offers her basically a pile of money. That's what they they use, all those portion things they piled up there. He basically offers her the pile of money for it. And she doesn't understand that all the great things that are about to happen with this choice. She doesn't understand the destiny. She doesn't get all of that at this point in the movie. But she's faced with this choice because she has this idea of maybe. She's getting drawn to it. And I want you to see this because every time God starts to draw you, every time destiny starts to pull you forward, every time you try to step into that, the enemy always does something very similar to the scene we saw. And I want you to write it down if you're taking notes. Anytime you try to pursue something excellent, the enemy offers you something easy. Anytime you try to pursue something excellent, you hear that like anytime you try to do something big, the enemy says, no, 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 settle for something basic. Anytime you try to step out, it says, no, no, here's something easy and convenient. He tries to get you to sell out on the dream that God has. And I wonder how many of us, because it was easier, we sold out on the dream that God has for our life. Because it was easier not to do it, it sold out on the dream, because it's always a hard road. Easy and significant are not compatible. It's always a difficult road of sacrifice if we want to have significance in the life God's called us to. It's always a hard road. So jot it down if you're taking notes. I want you to get this lesson, and that is that don't give up on what you want most for what you want now. Don't give up on what you want most just for something that you want now. And I love this in Ray's life because she finally sees something different coming to her life. Something that could be something greater. It could be what she's wanted most in significance. It could be the thing she's wanted in having a family. It could be all those things. And right when it comes into her life, the next thing she's offered is something easy. All this money that she had always thought about. Something she wanted in the moment. What she wanted now. And so I was trying to think of a way that I could explain this kind of simple analogy for this. But I want you to know what I want most in my life is to grow old with my wife. Come on, somebody. I want to grow old. I want to be that guy who's like in his best shape of his life at 95, like running marathons. Come on. Like jumping trains. We're still traveling the world. I just I, That's what I want. I want to be healthy. I want to run. I, like I said, I want to run marathons, marathon. I want to have this healthiness. I want to be healthy. It's what I want most. But then I drive down the road, everybody, and over there renovated and reconstructed in all its glory. I am confronted by what I want now. Come on, somebody. <laughs> what I want most is to be healthy, but what I want now is orange and neon and blue glowing. And I love how it doesn't just say hot donuts, right? It says hot donuts now. Like this is what this is what will be pleasing. This will make you happy. And it is at, for the moment, right? Come on, somebody. We, and we can laugh about it all we want to. But listen to me, church. Listen to me closely. Never sacrifice what you want most for what you want now. Be very, very careful in the decisions that you make that you might sacrifice what you want most. Selling out that thing that you were supposed to step into for something that you want now. This is why sin is such a big issue. We say, well, it's not that big a deal. Sin is so easy And it's so present and it's so easy. But listen to me, it's such a big deal because sin will derail your life in terms of significance. You want to do great things for God, but sin is sitting there so easy right now. And it will take you further than you ever thought you would go. And it will derail your life from any form of significance when you give into it. But anyway, little did Ray know she's made a decision not to sell out on what she wants the most. And she didn't understand that it would lead her to an amazing destiny. She doesn't understand that it could be bigger than she could ever imagine. Obviously, I am part of the resistance, obviously. (laughs) All of us look like this. So now Finn completes this trio of heroes, right? Finn always completes this. He's a former strong trooper. Those are the bad guys, right? He wants to be good, though. He's been the bad guys all his life, and he has this moment where now he wants to be good. He wants to be part of the resistance. He knows he wants to be different, but he's felt stuck all his life doing what he knows is wrong. And so I don't know if you find yourself in that place. Maybe you identify with Finn more. And let me just say that's you. If you find yourself stuck, it feels like the momentum of your life is always taking you where you don't want to go. It's always taking you feel like you're always stuck in something you don't want to be in. Let me just tell you today, you have a choice. You have a choice in your life. You can choose life. Too often people will throw away their lives because they feel stuck. Too often people, because they feel stuck and they feel like the momentum's taking them, they'll throw away their life or they feel like God could never want them on his side. Can I tell you something today? The most simple thing I can tell you, God wants you. God wants you. The most famous verse in the world says that God loved you so much that he gave his son to die for you on a cross. That anyone, anyone could call on the name of Jesus and be saved. He wants you. And the verse right after that verse says that the Son of God didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him, through Christ, could be saved. Listen to me, everybody. Jesus didn't come to make you guilty, He came to set you free. He didn't come to make you guilty, He came to set you free. You have a choice, and God wants you. And then on this team, you have BB-8, of course, who is just faithful and true. He knows what his mission is. He's got to deliver this map that he's got a piece of. He's got to deliver that to the resistance he's going. But then you have Ray now, our main character. She's trying to decide if she's going to go on this journey. It's kind of being forced upon her, but she still has to make a decision. Is she going to be a part of this? Or is she going to go back? Or is she going to get swept up in a destiny that's so much bigger than herself? Or is she going to stay in the life that she's always known? Her destiny is drawing her. Her destiny is pulling her along this path. And as it's drawing her, a map is revealed. But you can see in the story, the map is incomplete. Don't you hate it when God says, hey, I want you to step out. I want you to do something great. I want you to accomplish this and this. But he doesn't show you the whole picture. So often in our lives, when God has something great for us to do, he doesn't give us all of the steps. And it's frustratingly so sometimes, but he just doesn't work that way. But he'll give you the next step. And then it's completed in action. When you take a step, he'll give you the next one. Like eventually I'll reveal it to you. Abraham, the same guy we talked about earlier, God came to him and said, I'm taking you to a land that I'll show you. So when you get there, then I'll show you what it is. But so often we say, God, tell me right now what it is. In our lives, we get impatient and we say, God, show me now what I want. Show me now how all of this lays out because it kind of shown us the ending. I know there's victory and it kind of showed me this step, but I just want to know all of it. But God only gives you a glimpse of it. Like God only gave me a glimpse of what it meant to have kids. Come on, somebody only gave me a glimpse. Now, there are several reasons for that, I think. But he puts that desire inside of us to have kids. And so you're like, well, that would just be so wonderful and so beautiful. And I see all of your pictures that you all put on social media of your beautiful children and the beautiful way that they act. And so my wife, Alyssa, and I are like, we can have that. Look how wonderful that is. Look how easy that is. (laughs) You lied to me, everybody, is what you did. But it doesn't show you the whole picture because sometimes the whole picture is messy. Come on. Sometimes the whole picture is a little bit crazy. Come on. Sometimes the whole picture, but it's more wonderful than we could ever imagine. But it just doesn't show us the whole picture at the beginning. It's funny how God does that. And I think sometimes he does it for our protection. I think sometimes he does it that we might not take all the steps if we see all of them. But if we knew how it would conclude, then we would step out in faith. And sometimes I think he does it because faith needs to be completed in action. I think sometimes he gives us those because he's waiting to see if we're willing to trust him enough to take that step. And some of you are waiting on the cusp of that. God has called you to take a step and you're waiting because you just can't see beyond it. But it calls us to trust. We just have a piece of the map. Where we got to step out. And some of you, you're just not seeing the fruit of it. You remember Joshua, when he tells him to walk around the walls of Jericho, he knows there's a victory coming. But he doesn't know the fruit of that is going to be the walls falling down. And so in your life, some of you are waiting at the edge of a step because you just can't see the fruit of it or you're disappointed or discouraged because you can't see it happening. Can I just encourage you to hold on, to stay in the fight, to trust God, to be faithful in what he's promised. And you take a step, even though you can't see the whole staircase, you still take a step and that God is with you. And you say, "Okay, if God told me this is going to happen, if God told me to take this step, then I know and I trust that he's faithful to complete the destiny he's called me to. Amen, everybody. That he's called us to. I love this verse in Proverbs chapter 3. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And watch this. Lean not on your own understanding. In other words, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Trust in him. Lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In every way, acknowledge him. Don't acknowledge yourself. Don't think about your own plan and your own thing for life. Acknowledge him and watch this. And he will direct your paths. We're not called to know steps three, four and five. We're called to take step one and trust and to trust in him. And I've realized this the older I get and the little bit wiser that I get and the better looking that I get. I realize that there is this phrase that only comes from trusting God. And this is the phrase I want to give you today. And that is just because it's cloudy to you doesn't mean it's not clear to God. Just because it's cloudy to you doesn't mean it's not clear to God. And this is where we have our faith come into play, that the map isn't complete, but it's clear to him where he's going to lead us. And he will lead us and he will guide us. And this is where we find Ray. She's interested in this destiny despite not understanding it all. All right, so her destiny is drawing her forward. But isn't it interesting? As soon as she tries to take a step, because this is a turning point in the movie, She tries to take that step forward. She finds the lightsaber. She's going to step into the destiny. All Isn't it interesting what happens as soon as she finally decides, I am going to take the step? Because I think it's the same thing that happens in our life. I know it's just a movie there, but I think it echoes something that happens in every single one of our lives. As soon as we start to step out to do something for God, as soon as we start to step out to live a godly life, as soon as you step out, haven't you noticed it? Watch what the enemy does. You try to find joy in Christ and you try to shake off the depression behind you. Or you try to join a small group and be around other believers. Or you try to start to serve and start to do that thing God has called you to do. As soon as you take a step, you get involved. What does the enemy do? He tries to get you to look back. He tries to get you to look at your past. You see the same thing that happens to Ray. As soon as the moment she takes the step, the dark side tries to remind her of who she was. That she was left alone on the planet. That she was deserted by everyone. That that was who she was. And so she could never accomplish anything. See, jot it down if you're taking notes. I want you to get this lesson. You can't focus on what is ahead of you and what is behind you at the same time. You can't focus on what's ahead and what's behind you. You have to make a decision where your focus is going to be. Is it going to be stuck in the past? That told you you couldn't be significant or is it going to be what's ahead? I see way too many Christians... That aren't moving forward to the call that God has on their life because they're too focused on where they've come from. They're too focused on what happened to them. They're too focused on their past. They're too focused on that. And they could never believe that they're forgiven and that God has wiped their sins away. And they're too focused on that and it ruins everything in their future because they can't get their focus right. God wants you to know you're forgiven, that you can move past your past. The Apostle Paul tells us clearly in the book of Philippians chapter 3, he says, Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. I haven't done it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Forgetting what's behind and straining towards what's ahead. Because anytime you want to do something, take a step out for God. The enemy does this. The enemy will always try to get you focused on who you've been instead of who you will be. Always tries to get your eyes focused on who you've been and what you've done. And all those things in your past instead of who you will be. God is always more interested in who you will be. And who he can turn you into. And what he can do in your life. He knows the greatness in front of you. If anyone would know that, it would be your creator. He knows the destiny he has for you. But he doesn't want you stuck in the past. And it freaks Ray out so much because of her past, all the struggles, all the things she went to, that she begins to believe there's no way I can have significance. She's come so far, but she's willing to throw it all away because of her past. And the crazy lady with the eyes, right? The crazy, she comes and she gives Ray probably what I think is the most memorable quote of this movie. And I want to give it to you. She says, the belonging you seek isn't behind you, it's ahead. That's a good word for somebody today. Come on, you see in Star Wars in a new light, the belonging you seek isn't behind you, it's ahead. Because some of you feel like everything of significance in your life is behind you. Some of you feel like everything that you had, everything that you've done, it's all past now. And you're just kind of living out your life, whatever's left of it. I want you to know the belonging that you seek, the destiny God has for you is ahead of you. That God has incredible things for you to accomplish. That God has amazing things, but you can't focus on the past. You've got to look at where he's going to bring you. The belonging you seek is ahead. And Ray finally figures out that the force has been drawing her into this destiny. But she realizes in the movie, and I want you to get this because it's an echo. Every movie like this, it's just an echo of a truth. But she begins to realize this force, this thing that she's got, is now also inside of her. That it's not only drawing her to what she's supposed to be doing. Now it's inside of her and giving her the power to do. Because Ray gets captured. And she is put in this thing, in this enemy. She learns how to tap into that force. And I want you to see the biblical echo here. Because this is a made up incredible story, whatever it is. But it's echoing a truth that what is drawing you to God. The spirit that draws you to him. Now resides on the inside of you. That it gives you the power to overcome the enemy. To be victorious in what we do. And so I want you to see this in this scene. As you see the power That we have, and you recognize the echo that we have to overcome the enemy. Anybody ever come across someone like that? You peeked in a room, (laughs) and I think I'll go somewhere else today. I hear someone else calling me. One of my favorite scenes in all of the movie, because now the force that drew her now resides within her. The force that was drawing her now, this is an echo of Christianity itself, man. That what has drawn you to God now resides within you. The power that drew you to salvation. Now is within you to overcome any obstacle that you face in your life. And watch this. I love this verse out of 2 Peter chapter 1. And it says it like this. It says, by his divine power, by Christ's divine power, God has given us, watch this word, everything we need for living a godly life. I love this verse. By his divine power, by Christ's divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Now, I thought about how I could make this memorable. Because I think in the At The movie series, sometimes we kind of glaze over this part. Like, just give me some more popcorn and play another clip, right? But I wanted to try to make this memorable. And so I came up with a phrase based on this verse. That I want to read the phrase to you. And then we're going to talk a little bit. We'll put it into practice together today, all right? I'm going to kind of have a little participation. But here's the phrase first. Write it down in your notes. And then we'll explain it. But it says it like this. Since Christ is in me, I have it. Since Christ is in me, I have it. Since Christ is in me, I have it. Now, that might make a lot of sense to you right now, but I'm going to work it out, all right? I'm going to give you here's what the it is. The it in this phrase, in this sentence, is anything that you lack in order to live the godly life. Anything that you find yourself lacking in order to live out the purpose that God has for you is in the it. And so we're going to say it like this today. We're going to, we're going to put it together uh, for you so you don't have... And so I want it to be kind of something you can carry on. And I've already tried to put this into practice this last week as I've been studying. But since Christ is in me, I have it. And so you wake up frustrated. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever woken up and you're already frustrated? Like nothing's happened? You're just carrying forward all the frustrations from the day before? Or you wake up and you're, you're already sad. Or you're already feeling this, this emotion. Or you're already feeling... You wake up those things. What you say to you is that since Christ is in me... I have, and say it with me, I have joy. Begin to speak that since Christ is in me. This isn't name it and claim it. Second Peter says you already have it. It's already there. Everything you need to live the godly life that he's called you, you already have it. So since Christ is in me, I have joy. Or you say, well, I always feel like I'm feeling under attack or I'm always feeling. Read it with me. Since Christ is in me, I have freedom. And we're going to put them up there a little faster for you. But since Christ is in me, I have freedom. Or you can't figure out why your kids won't hear you, why they won't listen, and you can't figure out. You're trying to pass on, right, your your godly heritage, and you're trying to teach them and, and teach them. And so, since Christ is in me, I have wisdom. Come on, all five of you that are with me. Come on, we're going to put this into practice, all right? Or you're watching the news 24-7, the election cycle, and you're just not sleeping at night because it's just stressing you. And all these things you're thinking, but since Christ is in me, I have peace. Since Christ is in me, I have peace. Or maybe in your life your kids are driving you nuts, or that business partner or that coworker or something that you thought was supposed to happen didn't happen, and you're still waiting for that promise of God to come and you're still waiting in your life. But since Christ is in me, I have patience. Since Christ is in me. And some of you you can't get over the issues of your past. Some of you, you can't get over the things that you've done, and God wants to draw you further than that is, but you just can't go over it. But since Christ is in me, you might shout this one out, I have forgiveness. Since Christ is in me, I have forgiveness. I can get past my past. I don't have to stay stuck anymore. Or you keep trying to get out of an addiction, and you can't, and you, you keep trying to shake off that thing that has its claws into you. But since Christ is in me, I have victory. Since Christ is in me, and you feel weak, you feel like you can't move forward, and you shout this one out, come on, church. You, Since Christ is in me, I have power. Since Christ is in me, amen? Since Christ is in me, I have it. Let me tell you, church, one more time, you lack nothing. To live this life God has called you to. That if you need it, you'll have it. Second Peter says, whatever we need to live the godly life, we have already in Christ. That by his power that resides within you. So Ray figures out at the very end that that power has given her the ability to overcome the enemy. Such an epic ending, right? I always like to watch your faces after we come out of... Those clips. But this sets up the conflict for the next two films. Well, let me give you the progression, all right? Close this thing out in the next couple of minutes that I have. I just want to set up the whole theme of the movie. Just show you the progression. That we start with a girl who's lost her purpose. She's lost without purpose. She's, she's stranded. She's doing... We start with that. But we see at the beginning of the movie that she's drawn to something greater. She's drawn to something bigger than herself. And she has to make a decision then not to stay in her issue, but to step out in faith. And so as she does that, though, the dark side comes and tries to remind her of her past. And so she has to make the decision to move past her past. And she has to make that decision. But she has an epiphany as she does that, that now she has a power available to her. And then after she realizes the power available, she's, everybody guesses it, she's victorious over the enemy at the end. And that is the story of Star Wars, The Force Awakens, everybody, right there in a nutshell. And you say, well, who cares? (laughs) I realize that too. I hear you. I want you to see this, though, because before it was ever Star Wars, before it was ever an idea, this is just an echo of the life of a believer. This is the life of a believer that God is calling you. I love this idea. No matter where you are on this step, God is calling you to take another step in your journey as a follower of Christ. That this is the progression that Christians go towards. Maybe you find yourself here and you're lost without purpose. You have no relationship with God. You're lost, you're kind of wondering and you haven't met with your creator. You don't have that purpose or that destiny that he wants to give you. Or maybe you've come to Christ, but you felt yourself drawn to something greater, but you haven't stepped out in faith yet. You haven't stepped out in the faith that you say, OK, I'm going to trust him to do what he's called me to do. Or you find yourself today and you're stuck in your past and you have to make that decision to move past your past. And he's calling you or maybe... You haven't realized the power available, but God has that for you that exists inside of you, that you will be victorious over the enemy no matter what comes your way, no matter what comes your way. The Apostle Paul says it like this in Second Corinthians chapter two. He says, I thank God who always leads us in victory and watch this because of Jesus Christ. I thank God who always leads us into victory, but because of Jesus Christ. And I don't know where you are today, but God's calling you and drawing you to take another step. I don't know where you are on the progression. God is always drawing you to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. And so I want to talk to some of you who maybe find yourself stuck in your past. And you can't believe that God could ever forgive you. And so you're stuck. I want you to know God wants you, he loves you, he forgives you. I want to talk to those of you, you find yourself lost without purpose. And you came here today and you you didn't know, you thought maybe it was an accident or coincidence that you showed up. I want you to know it's not. That you're here today because God is drawing you. That the Spirit of God is drawing you to him, that he's calling you, that he wants you. And so if you find yourself lost without purpose, you're at that first step. I want you to know you have a chance today. To surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You have a chance today to enter into the progression. To take that step of faith. Just want to give you that moment. And we're going to pray with you. And so that's you today. If you say that's me. I want to pray that prayer. I want to have a life of faith. I want to live a life of purpose. I want to give you a chance to pray that prayer. Everybody bow your heads with me today. Just close your eyes all over this building. I want you to make a decision. Some of you to get past your past. Some of you to accept the power that's already available to you as a follower of Christ. But some of you, you haven't even entered into the relationship with God. I want you to make a decision. God is drawing you today. Let this be your day. Let this be your moment. Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That while you are stuck in sin, Christ died for you. And no one else is looking around. This is between you and Jesus. But I want to give you that opportunity. That you were lost without purpose. And it's not BB-8 that you need to roll up on the scene. It was in the real life. It was Jesus 2,000 years ago who came on the scene. Died on a cross for you and for me. The perfect sacrifice. And then raised to life that anyone could call on the name of Jesus and be saved. And so I ask you today, what is your response? If you say, that's me, I want to surrender. I want that power of Jesus in my life. I want that purpose that God can give. I want to surrender my life to him if that's you today. I want you to know I'm not going to make you stand up or come to the front. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but I do want to know you want to be counted in. And so right now with no one else looking around, If that's you, if you say, that's me, I I want to make that decision. I want to pray that prayer. Count me in. Pray for me. Right now at the count of three, raise your hand. Just wave it at me and put it right back down. If that's you, you say, I want to be a part of something greater. I know I felt lost, but I want that purpose God has for me. If that's you right now, one, two, three. Just raise your hand right now if that's you. You say, include me in that prayer. Thank you. Great job. If that's you, if you say, include me in that prayer, I want to do that. I want to make that decision. We're going to pray. And all the church is going to pray with you. If that's you, you say, I want to make that decision. We're going to pray with you right now. So come on, church, say, dear Jesus, I surrender all of my life. I accept what you did on the cross. And I know that you were raised to life again. Now say these words. I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus name. Amen. And Father I pray over those who are here. They find themselves on these steps. They find themselves stuck in their past, Or they find themselves wandering aimlessly. Or they find themselves God. Looking for something more. That we would recognize the power we have in Christ. That we would recognize the power that's already available to us. That we have it already, God. That we can live out the life you've called us to. That you have something greater ahead of us than anything we have in our past. And that you're calling us into it. And that you walk with us every step of the way. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's church said, amen and amen. Can we give a hand clap for what God has done today?